Hello, and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Frozen 2, and I'm happy to be joined by Disney slash Pixar slash animation correspondent Joe Morgan to talk about this one. Joe, thanks for joining me. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so Frozen 2 is the long-awaited sequel to 2013's Frozen, which everyone knows and loves and made a billion dollars and Wow, I didn't even realize this joke. Like, I was just like, I had the Frozen 2 Wikipedia pulled up, and like, as I made the comment about like a billion dollars, then I saw that Frozen 2 has somehow already made like $730 million. And I'm like, okay, well, this is like going to make more money than that. So, uh, but yeah, everyone knows some Frozen 2. You had the, uh, was the very, uh, obviously, very popular movie that had the Princess Anna and Princess Elsa voiced by Kristen Bell and Indina Menzel. And, you know, Anna has to go and find Elsa, who's kind of been, uh, shuttered away ice queen and they reunite and everyone's happy at the end so that's the thing we never need to go back to the story again right that's how these things go (laughs) right joe no of course we we we, 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 we have a sequel so uh the sequel uh uh again follows anna and elsa it kind of starts by showing a story of them when they are still little with their parents who as we learned in the first movie died and we learn new things about how they died in this movie. We thought they were just kind of on a trip in that movie, but their parents tell them a big story about the, uh, how their people, the, uh, is it the Andrelian people? Am I saying it right? Uh, Oh, the uh, the community or the forest people? Oh, their community. They're Andro. They're Ar- no, oh, Ar- Ar- Arendellian. Yes, sorry. Yeah. The Arendellian people uh, had uh, kind of a conflict with the people in the forest, and now we can't ever go in the forest. So, you know, you know, we're going to the forest at some point. Of um, uh, but uh, and then, and then, and then we kind of and then we're back, and then uh, Elsa ends up you know hearing a uh, hearing a sound, a mysterious voice, and coming from the area of the enchanted forest it just keeps piquing your interest and then she keeps needing to kind of go see it and mean in the meantime we have uh christoph is you know uh anna's boyfriend and he's trying to figure out how he's going to propose to her so that's kind of going on and olaf is there making existential jokes just as he was in the first one and uh we have a movie uh joe i'm not going to have a discussion about whether or not like this movie is necessary because again we're going to accept the fact that it was going to happen and just uh, have to talk about it as it was so i guess uh, my bigger question for you is uh, what, what did you want out of Frozen 2 as someone that I'm assuming liked Frozen as most people did and uh, where did you ultimately come down on it if it succeeded in giving you what you wanted yeah so like the funny thing about this is like most Disney sequels and you know this you grew up in the 90s like most Disney sequels just sort of uh, were direct to direct to VHS releases you know direct to DVD releases so like a lot of those movies were just Hey, like, let's hang out with your favorite characters again and like a less engaging sort of um, like it's another adventure, but, you know, Disney didn't see it worth a lot of it in the theater. So uh, it's a funny yeah, way to put of, it, because I think that's exactly kind of what I think about this movie is that we're hanging out with the people <laughs> in a much less engaging story. I will say this. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of the original Frozen because I did like the tone of it. Um, I liked that it, you know, spoiler alert, it um that the magical love in question was a platonic love between two sisters. You know, like the Olaf stuff is fantastic. Let it go is a total showstopper and one of the greatest Disney songs ever written. Yeah. But all that said, like I felt like the original frozen kind of lacked an engaging villain. I thought, uh, I don't know how recently you've seen the original frozen, but basically, I, I actually hadn't seen it in a while. I meant to rewatch it, but I'm, I'm, I've just, just been a little slow on the uptick on, uh, getting the uh um getting disney plus and trying to refresh myself and everything I'm gonna do it before star wars though <laughs> sure sure um but basically at the end of the movie uh 
Anna sacrifices herself, turns to ice, and she thaws herself because of it because Anna has the frozen heart at that point. And then um, Elsa's like, oh, yeah, of course, love. And then just suddenly can control her ice powers like she is one of the X-Men or something after, you know, an entire movie of really struggling with it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it. Uh, the movie resolves, like, way too quickly uh, after that big uh, climatic moment, I guess. But anyway... That's all to say. I really did enjoy Frozen, and um, I actually really enjoyed the sequel a lot. Okay. So, um, yeah, coming out of this one, I had no idea what to expect because I was like, just like you, I was kind of like, okay, um, yes, obviously we're going to go back. It's the highest grossing animated movie of all time, but, like, what exactly are they going to do with it? You know, like, you can't necessarily just make a second movie that's entirely set in the snow. And then, um, like you, I kind of have a general philosophy where I avoid trailers and stuff if I can. So I kind of went into it and I was like, all right, like what on earth are they actually going to do that's going to completely subvert my expectations here a bit? And mm -hmm. I was actually really pleased with what I saw. So. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't say I found it overall to be a less engaging story. I think I thought it was a pretty good idea just to, I guess, mine Arendelle. I mean, like it, we know it would have been stuck as a, like a it, it – literally been frozen and that was kind of part of what they had to get over in the first one and i i guess to to find some other interesting story to tell about it and um maybe it would have been interesting i mean you have the thing with their parents and uh okay and yeah we're spoiling the shit out of this movie i'm not doing a separate spoiler section everyone <laughs> everyone and their mom and their little eight-year-old cousin and their little siblings and everyone is seeing this movie no no spoiler section uh so go go see it now you're you're probably gonna see it anyway uh but, like, we see this stuff with their parents and how we found that they actually did kind of come from the different backgrounds and all that. But at the same time, I guess, uh, yeah, widening the world is, like, an interesting thing that I guess maybe you don't often always see in Disney movies where it's like, oh, hey, here are, like, these other people aside from the one kingdom we live in. And I guess I thought that was kind of cool and that was fine. But, like, at the same time, we spent a sh so much time in this <laughs> we spent so much time in this movie just, like, watching Elsa wander around listening to a voice. And mm -hmm. I, I, th I feel like that was only so compelling to me to, like, not have, like, a bigger payoff to that than, like, mm -hmm. oh, like, I was the, uh, what, what was it? She, she was the fifth spirit or what, 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 what is it? What are the things they are counting in that? I, I forgot what the, I, I already forgot what they're called. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even. It was, like, they're, like, the elemental spirits, I guess. So it was, like, sure. earth, fire, water, wind, and then ice was the last one. Which ice and water is kind of funny. It's like, yeah, it's okay. like I, I, maybe maybe I should have like been paying better attention. I would have cared more about what that meant or anything like that. But it's like I would have rather Elsa found herself through like some other interaction with these other forest people. It, it feels like that mm -hmm. thing is kind of off to the side, and they kind of keep going back to it periodically. And I'm like. Yes, they do a little backstory with their parents for it, but I still thought those people weren't really all that well served. They didn't really make a like a a good character out of like any of them other than the guy voiced by Sterling K. Brown, almost maybe. And mm -hmm. that was basically it. And I'm like, I, I feel like it could have chosen one of these two movies to be, and it could have been more about these two warring factions, or it could have been about mm -hmm. Elsa going on another journey. But I didn't really because they didn't choose one. I don't really know if either of them really did it for me. If that's if that makes sense. No, yeah, totally. And um, I guess one of the more confusing elements, I will admit, is uh, so you have like these, I guess, spiritual representations of the different elements. Like you have the salamander, who's the fire. It's got to be a lot for um, little kids to take in. Not that they're not going to still enjoy the movie anyway, because yeah. they got to watch. They get to watch Olaf do funny stuff. But it's like, man, if I had trouble following this, like I know my eight-year-old cousin didn't. You know? Yeah. No, it's it. Um, 
I, I, I think one of my favorite things about it was um, the ambition of it. And I think yeah. it may have necessarily left some kids behind because um, one of the immediate comps I had for it, just watching it, I was like, wow, like this is Disney's like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones, but they're like building a mythology mm. in a way. Um, and to do that for a mostly younger audience um, is certainly something yeah. that I'm sure was workshopped to death and the uh, workshopped and noted and discussed in, in great detail in the six years between uh, between uh, the original and this one. Because, um, yeah, because there were, there were certainly elements of that, too, where it's just like, okay, so, like, what exactly are the rules of this? And, you know, like, when you first see the... the um, the fake Stonehenge. There's like a very noticeable, noticeable gap, like in the middle of the stones where a fifth stone could go. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that too. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess when I think of something that's like really ambitious, and I, and I, 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 I would agree with you. Like, I, I respect them for trying to go there, even if I maybe just think I, they could have gone about it a little differently. And I think like ambitious animated movie. I think Inside Out. Uh, yeah. And it's yes. like that to to deal with like to have a whole movie about emotions and be like, we're going to sell this to little kids. And mm. obviously like people that saw it as adults, like you and I like still really like that movie or love, even love it. But like, I'm like, I don't know. I, th- I think of that as like something that like it took a big idea that on, on the surface might not be something that's like going to really get through to little kids. And I thought they, it, it totally nailed it. And here it's like, yeah, you guys are doing a lot. And it just, it's just, it comes across in this like way more nebulous and I'm not really totally sure what's going on. And I'm like, huh? And mm. I, I don't know. There are certainly a lot of isolated moments th- that I did enjoy. Um, but I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I just don't really know. I ever really quite got what it was supposed to be about. Whereas like you said, that first movie is very clearly about, you know, the love between two sisters. And mm-hmm. I, I, I do, I almost also do respect though, that like it didn't want to just give Elsa like a happy story forever. And because mm-hmm. like, for whatever she went through from the first part of her life, like I don't think you can just like snap your fingers and have it be okay. Like I, 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 I like the fact that they're not acknowledging that. Like, yeah, this is just going to be a well-adjusted person for the rest of her life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I'm glad you brought up Inside Out because um, Inside Out is my favorite animated movie of the decade. Um, okay. But I'll say this much about Inside Out: um, the world building with that one, uh, I think they had a they had an advantage in that one, I guess, in the sense that they were able to take like some universal shared experience and were able to, um, that we all have as humans, as the viewers going it's, in. It's a good point. And we're able to construct a world around things that we know and things that, um, you know, it's a bit easier to, um, and this works, this is as a credit to Inside Out is that, um, you know, kids are like, well, you know, like I like hockey, for example. <laughs> like I get angry sometimes. You know, or- Joe, you, Joe, your sister, <laughs> n- neither of your sisters like shoot shoot ice out of their hands and <laughs> create delicate snowflakes at the drop of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> There's just, uh, yeah, no, it's it's a bit easier to world build when you have like building blocks of relatability. And I guess the one thing with this movie is, I read in one review as I was kind of processing what I felt about Frozen Two that the initial sequence in the movie were it's the flashback and the mother and father tell Anna and Elsa's kids, the story of the forest. And they sing the, um, very, uh, hobbity lullaby, mm-hmm. um, which was really cool, but <laughs> that it's like a really, it's like a load bearing sequence. Like it just sets up and, um, it just really sets up everything that you need to know for this movie. So like if you're walking into the movie late or, um, you maybe are, 
you know, God forbid, one of those people who's still wrapping up text messages as like the as the movie starts. You know, you might miss a detail or two, and then like the whole thing would kind of unravel or not be as clear and stuff. And like for a movie like this, I think you would need like undivided attention to really fully. And even if you had the fully undivided attention, you may not grasp like everything that they were trying to do. So I don't know. I feel like I've talked myself in circles just um, in service of some larger point just to say that Inside Out's a classic. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, no, no, for sure, yeah. for sure. Uh, but no, I so I totally understand what you're saying. Like it's a as ambitious as something like Inside Out is it uh, it's it certainly like is starting from like just a place that like regular people are going to relate to more. Like I'm starting to make my best decades of the list to best of the decade movie list and what all, all that kind of stuff. Or there's been that thing going around on Twitter where it's like, you know, put, put each favorite movie of each favorite year from 2010 to 2019 right, there. Right. And I put Toy Story 3 as number one in 2010. And I think like part of the reason that movie is like so special to me is like that makes me cry more than like any movie does. Yeah. It's like who can't relate to their kid going off to college or something or giving away mm-hmm. tokens of like your childhood or something like that. And it's like, you you just don't have that when you're talking about something like Frozen 2. So I kind of respect the fact that like to like uh, really cut to the emotional core of like the little kid in all of us or the actual little kids seeing this movie. Uh, maybe it has to do a little more work, but it, I, mean, I guess it kind of does do that though with uh, just kind of trying to focus in on the relationship that these girls have with their parents. Because I guess, I mean, yes, you know, they're orphans in the first movie, but it, it does kind of yada yada their parents' death. So uh, that is like a logical place to pick up for this movie and be like, oh, what, what, what does that mean? And can we make something out of this? So, I mean, I, I, I don't want to keep drawing on the negative too much because I know you said you liked it, so I don't want to just drag you down to my level, Joe. So I want to no, no. <laughs> I, I ask you, like, what do you think that – what did you like that this movie did uh, so much? Or what, 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 what did you like most about this movie as far as, like, whether it be something about, like, hey, we're going to have this big revelation about their parents and we're going to have to see how they react to that. Was that something you thought they handled well? Yeah, you know, one thing I really enjoyed about this movie is that it was really it was willing to really live in those hard moments. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's very easy, especially if your audience is going to be younger, to kind of be like, okay, this bad thing happened, now let's move on. But um, you know, late in the movie, like Anna figures out that Elsa has died, basically, to get the truth about what happened in the forest, mm-hmm. and Olaf, as a result, Olaf, who's been who's a completely a concoction of Elsa's magic mm-hmm. also dies. And so Anna is like stranded and two of her like dearest uh, people have died. And mm-hmm. it'd be very easy for it to be like, Oh my gosh, this is sad. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> like, let's go rescue them now. But like that scene with Anna is just so powerful. And like, I just want to look at the name of the, of the song she sings right there. Um, um, which one is that? The next right thing okay. is what she sings there. And I just like, I don't know. I just, that was one of my favorite sequences in the movie, just where Anna really gets to experience this darkness and figure out what to do next. Like ultimately, spoiler alert, <laughs> again, uh, she ultimately ends up as queen of Arendelle. And for much of the first movie and for a lot of this movie too, Anna is really the bubbly, supportive like let's rally everybody together and then to give her like this big moment where she like really had to process like just unspeakable grief. You know, it's like the worst mm-hmm. thing that's possibly happened to her. And then she has to like venture forward. I just thought that was a really strong choice to just live in that moment. That's something I really liked about it uh, a bunch. Yeah. So. You know, I meant to start the podcast out by being like, 
Joe, did you think we needed Dark Frozen? Because that's what everyone kept seeing, <laughs> saying when they like uh, left this movie. It was like, wow, like Disney really went there and like they wanted to do dark and gritty. And I think maybe some people had gathered that through the trailers. You like me, I, I, or I like you, I don't think I'd actually uh, watched the trailer that closely, so I wasn't really sure what people were referring to. But yeah, I mean, it does get pretty dark. And like, I, I, if I can say one thing about the movie that like I do like, even if I maybe don't love its overall execution of its story, is that it wasn't afraid to do that. It's like that can be like when you like have – I mean maybe they just know that everyone's going to see the movie anyway, so why not take some risk and more power mm-hmm. to them if that's their thinking behind it? Like we're going to make a billion dollars. Let's try and make something as interesting and unique as possible. But now that I think about it, like how many Disney movies are there where like the heroine just doesn't have parents and it's really not explained all that well? It's not, it's not actually like an unusual thing. And I guess Mm -hmm. to be like, huh, what if we really like gonna go down that road? And, uh, yeah, like these people, she only really had her sister and that was like the emotional crux of the first movie. But like, why don't we like further explain, further explore what it would mean if like one of these sisters found out that the parents didn't just die by happenstance, they died because they were trying to help her. And right, then yeah. have to even further deal with that. And I feel like that only compounds to whatever sadness or uh, isolation or uh, feeling of being an outsider that Elsa might have just from spending so much of her life outside of this kingdom. It kind of makes sense that she's not just going to like assume the throne and everything's going to be hunky-dory. And I guess I, 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 I am talking myself into, into a little bit being like, okay, I get it. Even if I didn't love uh, – even if I didn't love just watching her wander around, listen to a voice, I kind of mm. got why she would want to listen to that voice, you know? Right. Oh, and what a great voice too. I mean like that, that – um, I think the, the singer's name is Aurora and um, she just sings that four-note cadence, you know, <laughs> and if anybody who's seen the movie or even a trailer knows exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but um, yeah, you know, I mean just to go back to your point earlier where you mentioned Toy Story 3, like these movies work when you allow your characters to like live in those really sad moments. You think of like you know, Bambi even where he's like running on the forest, like looking for his mother who's been shot by the Talk hunter. About dark. Yeah. yeah maybe, maybe, maybe this movie wasn't, maybe second. this movie wasn't that original for being dark. I forgot about Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the Lion King, like Simba yeah, nudging yeah, yeah. his dead father's body. Like it's, uh, it's memed at this point, or that's an old meme, I guess, of Photoshopping the grief stricken Simba into something. But, um, no, but you know, it does, it does go to that dark place. I would say frozen two is, Frozen 2 might be the darkest mainstream animated movie since maybe, you know, some of the Pixar stuff earlier in the decade. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. It goes to those places, which is awesome. Um, but then you balance it with some, like, really just outrageous comedy. Like, one thing, uh, not to completely change the subject on you mid-thought, mm-hmm. but... Um, I think Lost in the Woods might be, which is Kristoff's song, Mm -hmm. might be like one of the most delightful song sequences ever stored, ever made in the Disney animation canon. Because by sequence, you mean every, not just the song, but like the whole entire, like actual what you're seeing on the screen too at the same time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just it's like this may be more than maybe some other uh, recent Disney animation fair. I felt like it had like, a bit more of a unique voice in some of the comedy and musical choices. If that's something that maybe you might've noticed too. Well, it was unique. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, I don't have a ton to say on the songs and that like, and I guess it is a very unfair standard to be like, wow, you didn't have anything as awesome as let it go. 
you know, yeah. like, I mean, <laughs> which is, which is a fair criticism because there really isn't something that is, I mean, do, you want, do you want to build a snowman? It's not, it's not a great song song as far as like the musicality, but it's catchy and you're never going to forget it after you've heard it once. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think frozen two has any earworms that are like on the level of either of those two, even if like, you know, uh, uh, lost in the woods or, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I think like, I, I, I not, this is not an original thought. I'm pretty sure I heard someone talk about this briefly on a podcast before I listened to it, uh, before I even saw the movie, but it almost sounds like, uh, into the unknown is just like something that like was written just so someone could belt it out at the Oscars and it could get nominated <laughs> for an Oscar more than it seems like an actual like great song. And I couldn't get that thought out of my head as I was watching the movie. It's like, is this a good song or is this just like something that's really fun to listen to someone yell out? Like, uh, I don't, I don't know, but it's like, it's it's like it's like an unfair i feel like it's almost an unfair standard to put up anything against let it go but it's like i guess you kind of have that expectation it's like you've had six years people you know like you couldn't think of like one like awesome incredible song in like the six years you've had to make this movie i mean who i would have thought there would have been one so again maybe i shouldn't dock it too many points for not like getting up to that point but i kind of had like an expectation of there being a song that was better than anything i heard well um to to uh support you in this too they didn't have to make a frozen two, you know, like they, they could have easily just been like, wow, look at this awesome thing we made. We're just going to leave it alone, you know? So, um, yeah, there, there really is no show stopping song, like let it go. And, um, it's like, that's what they want. I think that's what they want into the unknown to be, but like, I don't, right. it's just not, it's, it's just it's not, not it, it's just not, it's just not as fun of a song. It's just not. No. And again, like I, I, I've, I've, like, I've already said multiple times, like I accept the fact that this movie was going to happen, but it's, you know, if you're going to put it, whatever money they put into this movie, all the brain power that go into this movie, all the time that went into this movie, I, I would have expected them to like, just get, get one song that's on that level. You know, like, I, I don't think mm-hmm. that's uh, too much to ask, even if like, let it go is incredible, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, but I, I don't disagree though. I do think uh, Lost in the Woods did kind of stand out a little bit, uh, for mm-hmm. sure, at least visually. Even if like musically, it's like again, it's not let it go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that there's definitely no let it go in this. And while and, you know, while we were talking about that, I just had a thought, and I've said this to I've said this to friends before. So, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of blasphemous um, when Mary Poppins Returns came out. Um, I kind of, I think my prevailing opinion was the songs in the original Mary Poppins are obviously, you know, gold standard, like they're way better than what we had in Mary Poppins returns, but I kind of liked Mary Poppins returns the movie better than the original Mary Poppins. Oh, wow. That is a take, Joe. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> yes, we're we're going to talk about frozen too. And you're just going to drop a hot take like that on the frozen pot of all places. <laughs> Uh, I just melted also with how hot that tape God, is. God, wow. Uh, uh, I got to process that. But yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I know, I, 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 because I, I, I went back last year before. Mary Poppins Returns was last year, right? Yeah. Uh, I went back and watched uh, Mary Poppins, the original, before that came out, because I hadn't watched it since I was a little kid. And I'm like, this is by no means a perfect movie. Like, these are some great mm-hmm. songs. And, uh, and, I, I mean, I, 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 but it was a long ass movie. There's like a lot of shit in that movie that does not need to be in there. Excuse <laughs> my, excuse my French for the frozen pod. But you know, yeah. like that, it was just like Mary Poppins Returns is like, I, I'm probably not even as long as the original Mary Poppins, but it's like this, this whole point we're making about frozen that goes like quadruply for Mary Poppins. Like you had like 60 years to think of another, or not like 60 years, like you had like 50, <laughs> you had like 50 years to think of another song that was as catchy as like any of like seven songs in the original Mary Poppins, mm-hmm. and they didn't. Like I, yeah. I, I, I could maybe have a discussion about like which of those movies is better, but like there is like nothing. Like I remember Triple Little Light Fantastic because that's just an interesting name for a song, but I don't remember anything about 
about how that song sounds. You know, like <laughs> there, there's just like nothing even close to on the level of like the best five songs in Mary Poppins. So it's like, oh yeah. I mean, I, I guess I can't like knock this one too much when like another Disney movie last year just like screwed it up even more with like when they had, especially when they had Lin Manuel Miranda in the room. He wasn't the composer or the writer of most of the songs in the movie, but it's like you got that guy hanging out. Like you got to like stumble into like at least one song by accident, you know. <laughs> And here, I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of funny. I, I just, I ended up talking myself into a Lin Manuel Miranda reference, but you know, Jonathan Groff has the Hamilton connection too. So, uh, right, yeah, that. yeah, that's all to say that, um, yeah, like I, the Frozen, the original Frozen had the better music without a doubt, but I think I kind of liked Frozen Two better, like as a movie. So, so uh, you, you like the ambition, and we're, we've really only talked about the dark stuff so far. So, I mean, uh, but I, 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 I can't disagree with you that it is impressive that they went to some of the places they did. But I mean, I'm mm-hmm. guessing did some of the comedy still also work for you? Like, did you get tired of Olaf asking uh, these really <laughs> deep questions that the little kids aren't going to see the comedy in, or are you still glad he's hanging out? Uh, you know, it wasn't as overkill as I thought it was going to be. Cause yeah. I remember like at the beginning, like, um, well, okay. <laughs> Quick sidebar and I'll finish yeah. the point. They very much, uh, you have to be paying attention to understand why Olaf just doesn't melt. Cause at the end of the first movie, they give him his own personal flurry. So he doesn't melt in summertime. And then except that flurry is not like a thing that's ever present either. It's not like it's like always hanging out on top of him. It's just like, it's this magic that Elsa put on him. Right. Right, because, like, at the beginning of this movie, Anna just says, hey, Olaf, how are you enjoying your new permafrost? (laughs) (laughs) And, like, that's it. And originally there was a whole song sequence called Unmeltable Me where Olaf um, sings about how Elsa basically gave him a permafrost so he wouldn't melt in any weather. But I think they ended up getting cut for time. But basically I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, you're just going to explain away this thing in one more time. Was that that 25-minute Olaf short that played in front of Moana? Is that, like, canon now? Or in front of oh, yeah. uh, in front of not Moana Coco is that Coco. like canon now? Should I have like gone back and watched that? Am I forgetting anything important? Because I just remember being annoyed by that thing. I went back and watched. It oh, okay. Wow, well, you have a lot more time than I do. If you have time to do that again, the thing was like it's, I think it was like half the length of this movie. Oh, that was such a miscalculation on your part to put that in front of Coco. I think I wasn't. Anyway. Mi- I was. I wasn't missing anything though by not going back and rewatching it. Nothing. Nothing. No. Too okay. There was nothing essential about it. No, not at all. Um, Sorry. Continue with your. <laughs> No, you have that whole road trip sequence where he's like he's like the little kid, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it was very reminiscent of Shrek and uh, of Donkey and Shrek, too. But um, I enjoy Olaf and I was worried it was going to be kind of overkill at the beginning, but then they kind of eased back off of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'll say this much, too. I do think Olaf um, is sort of the audience surrogate for the kids in the movie, you know, and like they really lean into that in this where they like their his whole song is about when I'm older, you know what I mean? So I kind of buy I kind of buy his naivete and his like, like slightly annoying energy as just like, oh, he's just like one of these kids like in the movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, I do think that's a good song. There's something to the idea that like a lot of times when you're like a little kid, like you think just everything's going to be OK once you're uh-huh. older. like that's just the thing right, that yeah. everyone <laughs> always thinks. So, like anytime you're unhappy, it's like, oh, being older is better. So I yeah. <laughs> even if like, again, that's like still not a catchy tune that. That's not the catchy tune that we were all hoping for when we go to see a Frozen movie. I did think that song was at least pretty effective. Of you know, like Olaf, I get what you're saying about him kind of being a kid surrogate, except most of his jokes are aimed towards the adults. So, <laughs> but but like that's still funny. That like I mean, the kids laugh at what he looks like and the silly things he does. But like as far as what he says, it's like that's all there to like make us laugh. But they did. I think they hit on a pretty good song to at least sing to the kids, even if like most of the stuff he says is not really aimed towards them. It's nice that what he's saying did was aimed towards them. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
That was pretty bold of them too. To um, gosh, what does he say? Like he there, there's like that montage of them like on the road trip, and he's like just saying random facts, you know. Mm. And there's that one thing he says where this is this is great. This is great radio. Is radio. Yeah, no, no, no. no, no I, now I'm mad because I feel like I do remember him saying like one thing that did get me to laugh more than most of his other lines, and that's probably he it. Says, he says one line that ends up playing into the plot. Though. It's, oh, okay. But the only one I can remember is, did you know turtles breathe out of their butts? <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm making a misstatement when I say everything he says is aimed towards the kids. Except maybe we're five years old at heart if we laughed at that anyway. So, but gosh, okay, he says something that plays into the movie later, and I was like, oh wow, like that's kind of funny that they did that. Hmm. Uh, but I will say one more thing about Olaf. Yeah. If there if there is a Frozen three, which I would not be shocked, mm-hmm. uh, there needs to be a character named Samantha. In Frozen Three, obviously, <laughs> right? Because do you remember that where he's wandering through the forest and he's like, Anna, Elsa, Kristoff, Samantha? Oh, I forgot that. <laughs> I don't even know Samantha. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just it's just Josh Gad doing his um Josh Gad things, his Robin Williams, uh, Eddie Murphy thing for this generation. So, yeah. I guess I guess what I'll say is like I I got enough chuckles out of Olaf that I'm still overall impressed that they were able to mix some of the funny stuff and have it be as dark as it was and at least generate as many laughs as they did at the same time. It's to, mm-hmm. to have the ambition to do that, but uh, is impressive and to still uh, be able to find some tonal balance and get some laughs out of everyone. That's still pretty good. Uh, I can I, I I can certainly give it that. Uh, do you have any thoughts just like on, on the ending and did it make sense to you to you know? ultimately kind of have uh, Anna assume the throne and have Elsa kind of go off and do her own thing. It's, it felt pretty fitting, didn't it? Yeah, I like that they did that because Elsa, like, even even though Elsa's found new clarity at the beginning of this, at the ending, at the ending of this movie, I still think that, like, um, at, the end of the, at the end of the first one, you know, like, Elsa was the older sister and, like, she has the magical power. So, like, of course, she became queen. But I did like that she was ultimately moved off the throne because – like just you know, knowing her character, she's still like very, you know. I think she's still kind of figuring out who she is. So like for story reasons, you know, I think you know that was the right ending for Anna to assume the throne there. And um, I will say I liked about the ending too. Um, I liked how there wasn't an out of nowhere heel turn. <laughs> I forgot to mention this when talking about the original Frozen. Well, it's funny. About, that, I mean, I, I can't disagree with what you said about the original Frozen, where it's like they didn't really uh-huh. have a great villain because you know they just had the thing where like you know the the out of out of nowhere thing with hans at the end but there wasn't really a villain for any of this movie either at the same time mm-hmm. right so it's like yeah no. they didn't even try and do a villain which i, I don't think so i think it's kind of cool if a movie can like be really same. compelling and have a good story with no bad guy i think that's interesting or or just no evil bad presence but uh i, I don't know I, I i i did think I guess we're we're not talk we haven't really talked that much though about the conflict with the forest people. We mentioned it at the top, but I mean, mm-hmm. I guess do we even figure out what led to that fight at the when we see in the flashback or it's just we just know something happened between the two of them. Basically, I think it was just Arendelle trying to seize power from the native tribe. Like they were cuz I think the larger point they were trying to make was um the people who lived in the forest were magical like Elsa and uh the people of Arendelle were not magical like Anna, right? So Arendelle came to them under the guise of peace built the large dam that was supposed to um that was supposedly a goodwill gesture but was actually hurting the people the forest people as you learn but um yeah just it was a blind power grab by arendelle and elsa 
Elsa needed to right the wrongs of old Arendelle, basically, or Elsa and Anna. Yeah, I guess. guess I guess my point is like that was supposed to that that in theory that's your conflict. If you're looking for any kind of conflict, yeah. if you're not looking for a bad guy, that's your conflict. But I, th- I, I don't know. I think the movie just. I don't know. I think it kind of sets it off to the side a little bit much, and I think there would have been a better... Mm-hmm. My overall point about this movie is there would have been a better way to just more explore that, and even if you didn't have one bad guy, you could have had a compelling conflict there, and I don't... The movie doesn't really investigate, interrogate that or whatever, and mm-hmm. instead we, we, we wander aimlessly around with Elsa a little too much for my liking, and that could have been an interesting thing where you at least... If you didn't have a bad guy, you would have just had some conflict, which would have added a certainly a different element to this movie, even that, that certainly has a lot of interesting ideas. You know, I was, you know, and to add to that too, um, when they casted, uh, Sterling K Brown, I kind of thought, okay, maybe he's a character who would turn, you know, cause if you, if you're signing up a guy like Sterling K Brown, who's one of our best living actors, uh, that's not a hot it's take. It's one of the hotter names out there today in general. Yeah. I, I love Sterling K Brown. <laughs> I'm just going to. I'm just going to put that very out. Very excited for Waves. I know nothing about it, but I'm very excited for it. If same, he's same. getting some Oscar buzz. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when when they ca- when they cast him, casted, cast, um, when Sterling K. Brown was announced in the movie, I was like, okay, well, maybe there's something larger here with him. Maybe he'll be, because um, especially when you kind of get the sense that Arendelle was the evil offender in the, in the flashback mm-hmm. story, um, that maybe Sterling K. Brown might have character his character yeah, might have yeah, played yeah. that a bit but ultimately not which was actually kind of nice you know because you know i don't want early, i don't want evil sterling k brown but we don't have to have it but um, mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah i thought there might be something going on there but no but um they decided not to do that in this movie which is fine just because again i think the first frozen just hans having no inkling of any evil whatsoever in his character just to suddenly turn i think is one of my least favorite parts about that movie yeah so um you know it's funny i just we, we talked a little bit about knives out before he came on and how there's some revelations in that i'm not going to spoil it within this one because i think people still need to go see that but there, there are obviously revelations as there are in any whodunit movie and one of the best things about knives out is that it all makes sense in the end you know yeah like when you when, when you learn different things about different characters that are surprising and you learn about new motive like what they're oh this person was actually this person and they actually wanted this to happen and oh this person actually did this this person was the bad guy a lot of times when revelations like that happen later in a movie like it, it might actually call into question like a lot of the actions that they make any sense the stuff they were doing earlier in the movie knives out doesn't have that problem everything makes sense it clicks into place and when you think about what each character had what each action every character had taken up until any revelation about that character it all makes sense i don't know if you can say the same for hans it's like hans is just like you said he's just like there he's hanging out mm-hmm. it's like why wh- wh- why why you could have gone about this so many different ways and you're just a bad guy just acting like a good guy the whole time it doesn't make total sense but yeah okay. i don't know uh, one other thing i'll say since hans came up you know and that was the whole thing was like he was a potential love interest in that whole first movie i do like that the movie like just kind of got away from that being a thing at all like i it played the whole christoph proposal thing for laughs and yeah. there's, a, there's a little bit of like them being like mad that one of them walked off for the other but that's just kind of like a misunderstanding or whatever like yeah. we didn't really have to spend any time about them like worrying about husbands or anything like that which is kind of cool like it was nice mm. that he was there for comic relief i got we got some really cool spin looks at him just yeah. like him throwing him looks when he was screwing up with his proposal yeah. and like that was just a nice source of comic relief and we didn't have to turn in the whole relationship significant other thing into any more than it had to be which that was one thing i did appreciate about about it oh for sure and just since he probably doesn't get the praise he deserves like uh jonathan groff is great in these movies like he's just so good as Kristoff, and nobody talks about him because it's either it's either kristen bell and adina menzel singing these songs like amazingly or people talk about josh gad so just you know uh, good for him. yeah 
Jonathan Groff, he's great in this. Yeah, he's it's kind of cool, too, that, like, I don't know if you've watched Mindhunter on Netflix, but it's, like, he could just be, like, this charming person, like, singing <laughs> songs in, like, a Disney movie, and then you, like, pop over to Netflix, and it's, like, he's, like, interviewing serial killers and, like, dealing with all this really screwed up stuff. It's, dude, has, dude has some good range. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and any other, any other final thoughts before we sign off, Joe? Um, I guess I'll say, so this is more of a global thought. I look mm-hmm. forward to coming on this podcast to discuss more original animated movies next year. Cause I feel like the last few times yeah, so we've pick, had this so talk. This is our last one of this year. Pixar has a couple coming, right? Right. Pixar has a couple coming, um, onward and soul. Mm-hmm. And then Disney animation has an original movie late next year, uh, called Raya and the last dragon or Ray and the last dragon. Okay. I'm just, I'm very much looking forward to Disney and Pixar making original movies. It's kind of funny. Because... I, I've almost lost, I've almost lost track of like how many things we've talked about this year. Where it's like, here's a live action thing of like an old thing. Here's a sequel to another thing. Right. Like, and I feel like that, that's been an ongoing discussion. It's like right on time as people are kind of starting to like hit a little bit of a breaking point with this stuff. It's like, Oh no, wait, we do have a lot of original stuff coming. Yeah. So thank goodness for that because Toy Story 4, I love I love Toy Story, but um so, you know, you don't have to twist my arm to see a Toy Story sequel. But <laughs> uh Toy Story 4 and then The Lion King, which is an animated movie for everybody out there, it's not live action. And then uh and then Frozen 2. Um uh yeah, so that's all to say. And, and, I'm happy and, and we had we had we had Aladdin too. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so uh I, which actually might have been my favorite out of all of them or Dumbo might have been my favorite out of all of them but yeah we didn't talk about oh, Dumbo's Dumbo. great. A ton. Dumbo's great. I, no yeah. I actually like the new Dumbo like I, like I like parts of it at least I liked I liked its ambition you know we talk about ambition and that was yeah. a pretty good thing about that but yeah no it's it'll be it'll be really cool to like be able to just talk about a movie without having to like have a whole side discussion about like did we need this movie based on what happened before how does this compare right, to the yeah. original is it building on the original in the right way like if, it's like so much like wasted motion that's not actually talking about the movie itself though it is necessary right. when it's like we're just going to reboot or turn this into live action or turn this into uh its own kind of uh animation of whatever you want to call the lion king it's like hey we can just mm. like talk about a movie without having to talk about all this other stuff which is like, <laughs> interesting to talk about but it's not it's not really getting into the meat of a movie that's for sure for sure yeah. um but yeah everyone i guess uh i'm not even gonna I, I like making a recommendation at the end like oh yeah definitely see this movie because whatever but it's like everyone's gonna see frozen too this movie's oh, been out for like like it's like eight days and it's made like a hundred and like seven hundred and fifty million dollars. So you don't really need my recommendation, but I hope you listened and I hope you enjoyed talking to us. Uh, Joe, before we sign off, anything you want to plug? Something else you've been watching? Your Twitter or whatever? Anything? Uh, I guess one last thing. It might be a fun game. Uh, what do you think the over under is in years until they announce Frozen Three? Till they announce it, not till when it comes out. Yeah, till when they announce it. I don't know. What was the gestation period for Frozen Two? I don't remember when that actually like got announced that that was happening. Uh, I have the the Facebook up uh, or the oh, March two thousand fourteen. They said uh, we all work really well together. Bob Iger said something about it in two thousand fourteen. They're not going to force the storytelling. Uh, okay, they announced it oh four and a half years ago. So that was like about like a year and a half after the first one came out. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I mean, I think they might want to show a little more restraint. I don't know. Maybe they'll treat this like <laughs> maybe they'll treat this like uh, you know to the Toy Story stuff. It's, it's like so profitable, and they'll like really try and take their time. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. How about we set the over under like two years? If it was a year and a half for the first one, maybe it'll be like around the end of two thousand twenty one. Does that yeah. sound about right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. They want to they want to like get some more juice out of like all these independent these uh, original movies we see we say they have coming, and then they'll announce it. You know. 
That make yeah, that that's sound all right to you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe I'll still be doing this podcast then, and we'll be, that means. But like, it, it was like four and a half years almost from when they announced Frozen Two to when it came out. So that means we, we there's a good chance we're not seeing Frozen Three until like you and I are closer to forty than we are to thirty, which is just making me feel like super old. <laughs> so uh, into the end, then, Josh. Into yeah, the yeah, end. yeah. All right. A- 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 anything else you want to plug before you go? Uh, Besides Frozen Three, which hasn't been announced yet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would plug my Twitter, but it's just a bunch of sad Jaguars tweets right now. So, uh, if you feel so inclined, it's at Joe underscore Morgan. Um, it's weird. It's, it's I, can know way too, I know way too many Jags fans for how many of you there are. It's like, so it's like my Twitter feed is then by, <laughs> by, uh, by association is just like very sad because of all of you. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, as usual, I'm Josh Jernavoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-I on Twitter and Letterbox and podcast. Twitter is Rewind Movie Pod. Email is TheRewindMoviePod at gmail.com. So hit us up at any of those places if you want. Thanks to everyone for listening. Coming up next, we'll have a podcast on Queen and Slim and uh, I don't know, a lot of other stuff that's like getting to me at certain points. So we'll see what we talk about. But I'm thinking Queen and Slim will be next and then probably the Irishman after that. So everyone stay tuned for that. Thanks again to Joe for joining us and we'll see you next time.